fall, Gary. It's under 80 degrees. It's not yeah, fall. That's the, that's the rule. Under 80 degrees? No. No. September 21st, 2020 is officially the first day of fall. Anything before that, you can kiss my ass. Hey, you know what? If I'm inspired to drink a dark beer, it's fall. And I've already drank a couple dark beers this this year. So, And actually tonight, dark beer. So that's fall. As Abby would say, Nothing, fall is a you don't have to, you You don't need inspiration to drink a dark beer in April. That's true. Just it, do it. I don't really do it, it in the summer, though. It's, it's usually too hot. But, um, yeah, last week sitting on the patio. Uh, it was like 65 degrees. Nice, beautiful night. Drink, pulling out, out some dark beer. It's it, the weather is starting to turn, and football is back. So it's we're we're dipping our toes into fall. But I'm you're not going to hear me say until our next episode that it's fall. I know. Is that well? No, it's not the first day of fall that we'll be together. But we'll be together for. I guess this is turning into our monthly tradition next week for our twenty first episode. Date night. This is a, this is episode right. twenty though, so we don't want to uh, we don't want to overlook this one because you got to get to get to twenty one. You got to do twenty. That's right. Take it one game at a time, one podcast at a time. I got my coach speak already ready to go. I'm in mid season form. So previously on. Beards and Beards podcast, we talked about the beloved Big Ten. Yes. And how they were really the most subpar conference, and you agreed with me wholeheartedly uh, when it (laughs) comes to the landscape of college football. And I would like for you, a man of integrity, to thank our president for uh, talking to the presidents and the the league to – getting their shit together and having football. So I will take it Yeah. Away. So I will say, I know I saw that Trump took credit for it, but the big 10 was, was, uh, they made sure to say that they are not accepting the federal government's help with the testing. They're doing their own testing, own daily testing. And they were like, we don't want this to be political. And then I think they, <laughs> that turned it into something political. So, uh, I don't know. Yeah, anytime. Like, this is not a political podcast. Yes. Uh, we discriminate equally amongst political parties based on what they drink. So, you can be Nancy Pelosi drinking a fine Kentucky bourbon, and you'll have my respect. Um, <laughs> While you get your haircut. But, yeah, so, in all seriousness, uh, you know, yesterday I watched Dave Portnoy, who is a Michigan alum, oh. who threatened Michigan <laughs> I, I, I don't know. You know, he's, he went there. He's, he said, uh, I've, I've set through the last 100 losses to Ohio State, and I'm still a fan. But if you – he says they were the holdout. Michigan was the – They were. Was the driving force and and not playing. So, looks like they they were scared of El Presidente. It looked like um, Michigan and Rutgers were, like, the last two biggest holdouts. And – uh I always say, you know, there's Rutgers and Ohio State should not be equal footing. There's 14 teams in the Big Ten. Ohio State should get 14 votes. Everyone else should get none or one. And they were talking today about the, uh, the you know, 
now that you know the season's going to be wrapped up on December nineteenth, you can be a part of the college football playoff. And one of the one of the presidents were yeah we're all all fourteen of our of our institutions they're excited to have the opportunity to you know to, to play for the college football playoff. There's teams. Everybody expects Indiana is not making everybody base except for basically Ohio State, maybe Penn State is already eliminated from the college football player without even playing. Um, you say Wisconsin's already eliminated? You don't think they got a shot? No. They always got a good running game. They do. They, uh, I don't know. They, I think they're they're going to be a little bit better this year. That that Big Ten West, you got Minnesota on the come up. Uh, how about Nebraska? Nebraska was like the catalyst to say, you know, they were like, hey, we, you know, we're, we want to play. We're going to leave the Big Ten. We're going to go rogue. And uh, I, you know what? More power to them. I mean, because they were a big driving force. Their players sued the Big Ten. And I think that's when the Big Ten started, you know, to really start to change their tune about whether they were going to play in the fall or not. I mean, they can say it was all, you know, because the testing changed and everything else changed. And the fact is they saw, you know, the other conferences, they they bluffed and were trying to get, you know, everyone to push their season back. And I knew in March that the SEC, you know, no matter what, they weren't going to, they weren't going to postpone or, or, you know, not play. Um they, Alabama Auburn would happen in a nuclear fallout. So don't think a, a little virus is going to stop that from happening. I know. That's the big, that's the one thing, you know, I, th- I think the Big Ten has lost a lot of credibility in this, especially the presidents. And, you know, they tried to, they tried to strong arm the rest of college football. And, you know, you've got, they all, you know, those, those power five conferences, you got five conferences fighting for four spots and um, you know, they, the other three, the big 10 or a big 12, the ACC and the SEC saw, saw the weakness, saw the blood in the water and, and, you know, they struck. And I think the big 10 just, just might've barely saved face. And I, who, who the hell knows what's going on with pac 12. Yeah. Listen, in all honesty, and I think in your heart, you know, this, Big Ten ain't producing no national champions. I mean, they're going to be competitive. They might get you. Ohio State might make it to the playoffs, but well, so you know, being an Ohio State fan, I know that the Big Ten is Ohio State and everyone else. And I and I mm-hmm. wish that I agree with that. I wish that there was more, you know, you know, a couple more teams to beat up on Ohio State because last year going into the college football playoff, they had they kind of had it too easy. Um, you know, the teams that in the past, you know, the, the two national championships during my lifetime, those teams, you know, went through hell. You know, they scratched and clawed and, and you know, they were scrappy teams and, you know, they didn't dominate. You know, 2002, those teams weren't dominating anybody. 2014, you know, the team lost earlier in the early in the year, lost, you know, their top two quarterbacks, had a third string quarterback. And, um, you know, they, they weren't expected to win at all. Um I want an Ohio State team that's that's hungry, that has, um, you know, that has a Grit. little bit of chip, a little bit of a chip on their shoulder too. It was weird last year, you know, going, you know, every game pretty much halftime the, the game was over. Um, that was that was weird as an Ohio football fan. I mean, of course you got which I you know called it last week. Both Ohio pro teams lost their first game. Uh, there's no way that that they're both going to lose their second game because they play each other. Um, well, I mean, we already we know we're already past that. 
because we record this in the in the past. But uh, yeah, one Ohio pro Ohio team is going to have a win. We are uh, recording this earlier than normal because speaking of Ohio teams, David on our on our regularly scheduled date night will be uh, watching two Ohio teams battle it out for the title of least shitty team in Ohio and third. They're both bad, but battle it out for third place in the AFC North. Yeah. Um, what did you think of, of the first week in the NFL? Um, it felt weirdly normal. I mean, there were no, there was only like, I think two games with fans in the stands and, uh, it felt weirdly normal. I mean, the NFL is just such a machine. Um, they, uh, you know, the teams that you know they they really didn't practice that much. I think that the teams play better having less, you know, of that. Like, you know, they're not going through hell of you know, you know, six weeks the of training camp. Fatigue. They're not killing their body. The preseason, yeah, you don't have to. I mean, because four games slogging through of the preseason, people are just like, hey, let's just get to the season. I'm tired of this. Who cares about, you know, these four stringers and the fourth preseason game? I think in the future we're going to see it drop down to two, maybe even one. Uh, They're talking about extending it, you know, before all this. They're talking about an extended preseason. I think we see um, in the next couple of years 18 regular season games and two preseason games. What did you make of – and this this in sports in general you the athlete myself included i feel like i could strap on the pads and go play one more game it's one more fight right. one more match one more game and we see the his excellency tom brady look mediocre pedestrian yeah yeah going up against his you know other fellow elder statesman and Drew Brees and Breeze is, you know, Breeze also has the advantage of not being with a new team, not having a crazy, well, Sean Payton is, is can be crazy, but Bruce Arians is not, I mean, he's the anti Bill Belichick in terms of a coach. He is super laid back. Like, you know, you, you could I'm probably see him sit a little critical of Tom yeah. Brady afterward. Yeah. And it's, you know, Completely opposite. When's the last coach. time that happened? I mean, you go, what, Tom Brady got drafted in 1999. We're now in 2020. So he was with the Patriots for 1920 seasons under the same coach, same system every year. It was like clockwork. Um, so, you, I mean, you got to expect that it's not going to be, you know, all fun and games. And, and really no quarterback, that, you know, no legendary quarterback that very late in their career went to a different team, had much success. You look at like Brett Favre, you look at Joe Montana. Um, I thought Joe Montana did good with the Chiefs, did he not? He, I mean, they went to the playoffs and stuff like that, and and Favre did well with the Jets and, and with the Vikings, but there were definitely some struggles there. Um, the one, like, the, the guys that did really well late in their career that I can think of that, you know, they were always like the journeyman type guys that ended up winning a Super Bowl. Um, you know, Kurt, Kurt Warner, Warner um, uh, uh, Brad Johnson, who won a Super Bowl with the Bucks, Rich Gannon, yeah, <laughs> Rich Gannon, Rich yeah, Gannon, who won uh, NFL MVP, Tommy Maddox, 
who was the XFL MVP, the the first iteration, and and then uh, I can't remember if the if he took the Steelers to the Super Bowl or not, but they were very good. And then he handed the reins off to Big Ben. Um, Trent Dilfer went in a Super Bowl with the uh, yeah. Ravens. Like those are the guys that are good later on in their career. The, <clears throat> the legendary quarterbacks that seem to be trying to hang on um, don't seem to really be do you know. Their whatever their final stop or multiple stops are, it's, I mean, because it's all about expectations too, right? So I mean, expectation for Tom Brady and Brett Favre and and Joe Montana is Super Bowl or bust. So, well, I think maybe Kurt Warner being the only exception. The rest of those quarterbacks were in a system where they didn't they didn't have to be the star. You look at you know like the Ravens, their defense was a star. They could score thirteen points a game right. and still win. You know, a lot of those guys in in those situations, even you look at, uh, you know, um, oh, shoot, Nick, what's his name with the Eagles just a few years Foles. ago? Nick Foles. He, he was the backup, older journeyman type guy, wins a Super Bowl, gets a big – but he's, he's not the guy, you know. Uh, he's just good in that system and can, and can get wins. Yeah. You know, not the superstar. You know, he's not the franchise player. You know, if they were going to make a uh, a poster of the like the team, he's not going to be the guy that gets his own poster. You know, <laughs> yeah, the guy that you know, and I, I like Ray Lewis over Trent Dilfer. The just uh, different things, but you know, I I agree. Like those, once you get post prime, I would say. It's. I mean, you're 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 chasing that crack pipe. You know, they always say that first hit of crack is. You know, you're always chasing that that initial rush. And I think a lot of those guys. So yeah, and the guy that you know I think could follow along that you know Trent Dilfer, Brad Johnson, Rich Gannon, you know, sort of path is uh, Andy Dalton. You look at him; he's in Dallas now. Look at Dak Prescott, mm-hmm. Week One. It's like, eh, he he might be. Uh, I think you know. They uh, I, they gave him the the contract. I think they gave him a contract. I can't. I, it's hard to remember if they gave him a contract or not. But he's. I think you're talking about. Get, did Dak get a big contract? Yeah. Yes, okay. he did. Yeah. So, but if you look at a guy like Andy Dalton, I could see something like that happen. You know, him coming in, riding it. You know, riding in on the white. You know, white stallion. Say Dak Prescott gets hurt. He's a guy that could go and and game manage, you know, a, a team like Dallas that has so much talent to to a Super Bowl. And mm-hmm. Bengals fans would love that, right? Listen, I don't think anybody tuned in to hear us talk about football, even though you can tell we we both enjoy football a lot. A uh, couple in the spirits world, a couple things, David. I don't know if you had a chance to look at it, but looking at. And there's like a cult following to this Kentucky Al Bourbon. Yeah, I never heard of this one. Did you? No, never heard of it. Either. You know why? Because we can't afford it. <laughs> we can't. You can't find it. We can't afford it. The Kentucky Al Bourbon brand, uh, like a small. I think. Let me look at this article. I think it was somewhere like. Yeah, there. How many bottles they put out? I want. Let me find it. Uh, the new plan calls for just two thousand bottles to be, to be released at select spirits and retailers. A batch of it, uh, several bottles from the, from that release will be auctioned off by Christie's. You've heard of Christie's, the auction house that 
yeah, you know, all the stuff. Uh, but the starting price for this, <laughs> Amir, what? Well, okay, so retail starting price, thousand dollars a bottle. The auction. The start, if you're going to go to auction and get it, the starting bid will be nineteen twenty. I'm sure that's a thousand for the bottle, and then the auction's getting that nine twenty. My assumption. Um, but in the world of, and this is, uh, and they make no bones about this. This this isn't for beers and beards podcast to to taste and enjoy and review. This is for those serious collectors. Yeah. Um. It, it, obviously, at a thousand dollars retail. You know, this whole podcast setup didn't cost a thousand dollars. The person who has everything else, yeah. Oh, let it, maybe it's got real Al blood in it. Of, it wouldn't be. I'm Burbank tired of then. Pappy and Blanton's, and yeah, that's that's old news. So, uh, but in the um, oh, okay, the nineteen. $1,920 price is a nod to the year prohibition went to effect in the United States and the proceeds from the auction will directly benefit the national restaurant association employee advancement fund, a charitable enterprise dedicated to establishing a long-term recovery solution for service industry workers who have had their careers basically done because of COVID-19. So that's good. I I like that. Yeah. That's a cool, uh, cool cool cause and it's it's interesting because they you know this is something i like i said i've been following bourbon not for a super long time but i'm you know i like to stay stay abreast of what's going on in the news and this definitely brought it on our radar yeah so any given day of the week you know and i usually do this on podcast days but any given day of the week you just if you google bourbon click the news tabs there's always four five six daily news articles about something in the bourbon industry uh on the going to work this morning i heard a story of a it's it's the green distillery out in owensboro which was like originally built in the late 1800s uh and it passed through some hands but they are opening up and, and they've actually started you know they got some barrels in the rick houses right now looking to come out in like 2022 2023 something like that but, you know, we talked about Peyton Manning. We've talked about just people that are inserting themselves into this bourbon culture. Um, and I don't want anybody to get the wrong. Like, I love all that stuff. But when you hear what we're drinking, it's the stuff that you can that you can go find anywhere, right? Like, I'm tasting stuff that you can go pick up off the shelf at Rite Aid, Kroger, <laughs> yeah. Walt, whatever. You know, like, that's – it's just – you know, that's – and. We have enjoyed some rare, fine bourbon, and we'll continue to on occasion. But for the most part, we're going to run through the every man stuff. But if somebody wants to buy us a bottle of uh, of this fine Black Owl, or what's it called? <laughs> Kentucky Owl. Kentucky Owl bourbon. I mean, yeah, of course we're doing the you know the everyday stuff because you know really, what's the point if we're you know going? Hey, here's this super rare bourbon that you'll never taste you can't have it (laughs) and uh yeah so speaking of you know things that were at one point super rare and and hard to find and and you know we've had um uh well not actually haven't had new glaris on the show yet but um it's one of those breweries where um you know you see the people taking the stuff across state lines and going it's only sold in wisconsin back in the day 
when I first started drinking, Yingling was not even available in Ohio and moved in, or, or Kentucky. Kentucky moved into, you know, Yingling is the largest quote unquote craft brewery in the U S some people say they're not craft just because of how, how big they are. And, and, you know, but that aside, um, you know, they, they always have followed that kind of slow growth model of, Hey, you know, we're based out of Pennsylvania. We're going to slowly expand our footprint. It's a family owned company, you know, multiple generations. Um, you know, they, and I always, we were talking about this earlier this week. They were in Tennessee somehow before they were in Kentucky. Um, I think Kentucky just recently. Yeah. In the last couple of years, I can remember the first time I, you know, those, I'm not, as you know, a big beer drinker, but I had, I had yingling on a couple occasions and I don't know if it, maybe it's because I couldn't have it. I thought it was so good, but <laughs> uh, even to now, if I was to, if we were going to go and I'd drink a yingling or a yingling light, it's a good beer. It's one of those. It's, it's nice because it's the price point of like a Bud Light or Budweiser, but way better. Um, it's not, I don't know that I would, if I'm with my friends, if we'd say that's a craft beer, even though it is, yeah, you know, it's technically, just, um, it's a standard domestic. Exactly. So yeah, if, if you look at like in a grocery store or on a bar, you know, draft list where Yingling is usually um, located is under the domestics and it's with domestics in the store. So that's, I think a lot of the reason why um, they are kind of seen as, as a domestic. And, but this week um, they announced a joint venture to expand their geographic footprint footprint of yingling beers with molten cores. So now Ooh, Titans of industry. How they, so the, the question with this was, are they craft anymore? Because they have, a, you know, it's, it's, they're not selling any of their, at least from what this, from the, from what I can see, they're not selling any of their ownership to Molson cores. It looks like what this is, is they are, Molson Coors is going to brew Yingling to distribute mostly on the West Coast. They want to expand their geographic footprint. They're not really available, you know, much west of the Mississippi right now. I think it's 22 states they're available in today. And they want to really try to expand their footprint. And it's it's kind of an interesting partnership. I, uh, you know, really curious to see how this works just because you see, a company like Molson Coors that obviously has the crazy distribution that, you know, they can, you know, basically a hundred percent, you know, footprint in the U S and Yingling does not have that. And, and Yingling has something that Molson Coors doesn't have, which is good beer. Uh, <laughs> I was going to say that. I was going to say, so that. it's a really interesting, it'll be, you know, and on, in our neck of the woods, we probably won't see much of how this comes to play, but, uh, I think it'll be interesting to see how it actually works in, um, you know, how it actually comes to fruition. And this is actually supposed to begin launching in the second half of 2021. So still got a little, you know, a year until this is going to happen. Of course, it's, it's a pretty big partnership, but I'm really fascinated to see what, you know, what happens with this and, and what, what this does to Yingling as a brand and how, how they change and, and to see what, you know, what their future is. Because if you look at, you know, for example, the second biggest craft brewery is Sam Adams and they've been, 
very strong and, you know, continue to lobby the Brewers Association to make sure that they continue to be uh, craft. And, and, you know, the Brewers Association has changed their definition of craft multiple times to still, you know, make sure that Sam Adams is uh, considered craft by their definition. Um, and Sam Adams has, you know, a footprint on the West Coast, but a very light footprint on the West Coast. It's not, I mean, how many people in California are going to be drinking a, you know, a Boston beer, you know, a, a beer called Boston right. lager. Um, so it, it's interesting, yeah. you know, the, you know, two biggest craft breweries out there and, and what they're doing and Boston beer, they, you know, they're really, the way that they're expanding their footprint is through their, their seltzer, which is truly, and they have kind of gone all in with that. They're expanding their Cincinnati brewery. Um, I think it was $75 million that they're putting into their Cincinnati brewery to add a canning line so that they can specifically can truly. Um, but yeah, it's, it's interesting to see. So, you know, I think in business in general, we've seen in the last five years, a lot of consolidation and especially in the, um, in the adult beverage world, we've seen a lot of, consol- you know, huge global brands buying, you know, or partnering with other brands that, you know, could be bigger. We've talked about the knowing if it's craft or domestic or whatever. Right. And and having that choice, right? And Yingling's one of those places, craft or not, it's a good beer. We don't know anything damning or troublesome that's come out of family run. So... I think it's good for them. You know, I, like, like you said, we're not going to see much change for us because I can still get yingling if I want it. Yeah. And it, like I said, it's, it really is this, uh, and, you know, their goal is to sell, you know, to a wider footprint. And I think that they kind of realize, I mean, they've been around, you know, hundred and how many over years and they've, you know, they 22 States. And then overnight they're like, Hey, we're basically in all 50 States. So that's, quite the uh, ramp up of, of their expansion. Um, you know, I, I always find it really interesting too of, of breweries that do so well and have such a small footprint. Like Rheingeist is 25th biggest craft brewery and they're only in like five or six States. And you got breweries that are smaller than them that are in like, you know, 15, 20 States. You've got new Glarus. That's like, you know, top 40 that is only sold in one state their amount of market share in that state is just in, you know, and their, you know, small geographic footprint is so high compared to, you know, relative to others. Um, I always like seeing that it's, you know, it's kind of that, um, that Tiger Woods mentality of like, you want to dominate in your, you stay in your lane as long as you can before you start trying to, you know, have this huge broad distribution, um, to go, you know, all over the place. Um, you know, it, you got to dominate your own backyard before you really start to expand. Yeah. We've seen that with so many other different businesses, like in the sporting world, you know, we've, we've talked about that on here before you taste a little success then you run wild and you end up bankrupt. <laughs> I think that that probably goes, that parlays into any <laughs> business venture. I would say you get that little taste, get, you know, get a little pocket money and be like, Oh shit, we can make this big. You can make it big 
trouble. <laughs> yeah. Speaking of big trouble, you ready to drink? David, I was born, born ready. ready. All right. We're going to do beer. I was born with bourbon on my gums to calm my uh, <laughs> sore teeth. We, uh, we're going to do beer first this week just because I already got my okay. already got my beer poured. You, you said you had a fun beer this yeah. week. I'm ready. So uh, beer brought to you by Audible, audibletrial.com forward slash beers and beards. And I'm still waiting on this sponsor to come through, Gary. So we're going to hang with did, Audible. Did did you see the brand deal thing that I got sent? Yeah. The brand ambassador. <laughs> that that That's for another yeah. time. That's not for discussion tonight, but I just wanted to see if you. So uh, yeah. So audibletrial.com forward slash beers and beards. Get a free audiobook and a 30 day free trial. And I, the book that I'm recommending this week, I just finished it today. Um, I listened to this. It is a fascinating, it's like the right up the alley of what I like to, to read and listen to. Stalling for Time My Life as an FBI Hostage Negotiator by Gary Nessner. And if you, um, oh, I know Gary yeah, Nessner during, uh, during COVID, um, I kind of got, you know, turned on to him via, uh, the Waco. Uh, drama mm-hmm. mini series that came out actually a couple years ago and I never saw it, but it was on Netflix. So he was a hostage negotiator there. He talks about um, Ruby Ridge, which was another one of the famous hostage situations and uh, yeah. fascinating book. It's, it's one of the better ones I've, I've listened to in a long time. And it's a great, uh, I love the, I love the nonfiction books where it's not necessarily, you know, a, a professional writer, but someone who just has, you know, really well constructed thoughts and a, you know, a great, you know, thought process and um, clearly isn't, you know, knows what the hell he's doing. Um, he is a, an expert in his field. And um, I, I really, truly enjoyed, you know, devouring this and, you know, over the span of like, I think it was two or three days that I listened to it. So definitely check that out, that out stalling for time. You can get that audio book or any audio book. Uh, for free with our free trial, audibletrial.com forward slash beers and beards and Gary tonight. So I, you know, I love doing the, the bourbon beers, you know, the, the bourbon barrel age beers that I think you would like. And I, this one, I, I don't know if you would necessarily like it, but it's maybe more up your alley than a lot of other beers. It is from Boulevard Brewing Co, which is in Kansas city. And this beer is called Manhattan Social Club. It is a Manhattan-inspired ale. Um, 12% barrel-aged beer. Um, Comes in, you know, pour super dark. Not really really well carbonated. But basically what they, you know, the story of this is they, their barrel team was trying to find inspiration for some new beers. And they made a bunch of cocktails and one of the cocktails they made was a Manhattan, you know, classic cocktail. And they said, Hey, let's, let's do our, a beer version of this. So Manhattan is, you know, rye whiskey, sweet vermouth, bitters and a cherry. And, uh, this beer, they did a, uh, Imperial rye ale to mimic the rye whiskey, uh, bitters, um, to have, you know, they, they put together, um, spices to mimic the bitters. Uh, the vermouth they said was tricky, but they actually, uh, got the flavors from a plum puree and added to the barrel aging. And then to get the cherry, they added cherry flavor to it. So, uh, definitely a, an interesting idea concept of a beer, 
12 per, yeah. 12 and a half percent alcohol. So this is a nice, Ooh. nice sipper, nice warm, you know, nice, nice warm beer for a cool night. And, uh, I already had a couple sips of it. I didn't want to go too crazy with it to Chug get, look. to get, uh, to, to get too crazy, but I'm gonna go ahead and give it, give it a good, good try here. So it's definitely got the, bur- the bourbon on the, on the nose. Um, and you get a lot of, that's good. Though, right? yeah, a lot of the sweetness, um, which I like, I like a sweet bourbon barrel age, but not like sticky sweet. So, uh, I'm going to give it a, give it a try here. And it's super smooth. It's like almost like a, not, not a full nitro beer, which is, you know, instead of having, you know, uh, CO2, uh, you know, carbonation, it's, it's, um, it, but it's very, very low, um, low carbonation, which I like in a, in a barrel aged beer, good sweetness. Um, not, you know, again, sweet, but not sticky sweet. Um, and I love the spiciness from the rye. I love rye beers and not a lot of breweries make them because they don't sell <laughs> is what I've heard. Um, but the one thing I didn't really get a lot was it was the, uh, was the cherry. Um, but you know, in a Manhattan year, cherry is not a, not the centerpiece at all. Um, so it play has a very literal, very little cherry in it, but, uh, this is definitely one that's like, you know, I'm, I'm sit back and, and sip this and, uh, you know, really enjoy it. Um, Boulevard puts out some fantastic beers. Um, one of my favorite, you know, regional breweries, they have an awesome Saison. Um, they have a, a really good wheat beer. Um, and I love breweries that can do something other than just an IPA. Um, they're always super creative with the styles they put out. Um, and this one is no different. This one is just fan. You know, this is like I said on a, you know, 55 to 65 degree night. I want to sit on the patio and, and sip this one. Cause it's going to, it's going to definitely going to warm me up a little bit if it's a little chilly outside. Yeah. I like it. Well, how much does a six pack of that cost? Um, I don't know. To be honest, I don't know. I just bought one single bottle. I think it does come in a six pack. Um, but I would guess like, you know, 13, I think it's actually a four pack, probably 13, 14 bucks for a four pack. Cause this is on there. This is one of their limited release series. So it's definitely the, you know, the higher alcohol, um, you know, a little bit, a little something special, not something I would drink every day. Um, partially because it's 12 and a half percent. Um, but also I don't, you know, I don't really drink. If you're an alcoholic, you drink it yeah. every day. I mean, I don't really drink a ton of, of barrel aged beers, you know, on a super regular basis that this is one where it's like, you know, it doesn't have to be a super special occasion, but you're like, you know, if you're in the mood for something just a little different, you know, a little, um, little off the beaten path, um, a good, like, you know, cocktail inspired beer, um, like I'm in that like transition right now. So I'm like, I love beer and I, you know, that always be my first love, but I'm starting to transition to, you know, I'm drinking more bourbon, drinking, you know, drinking more cocktails. And I want something that's not always beer at this point. This is like that nice, it like straddles the line. I like it. This is a keeper. This is definitely a high rating on, uh, on untapped. I would say, Untapped is one, one bottle cap or zero bottle caps to uh, five bottle caps. This would be in the like four, 
four and a half. Which is are we are we ever going to start doing our rankings? Our rankings? Is that something? So I think you know you know, towards the end of the year we might do like a our last show of the year do like a recap and do our our top five that we had of the year. We get together in the studio here. We line everything up. We just drink it all, everything that we've had for the year. <laughs> a little bit, a little bit of each one. A suicide. <laughs> Did you ever do that? I, I I can remember going to Pizza Hut and and doing the suicide, where we just put it all together. I'm surprised that there hasn't been like a brewery that does that that offers like just to be dumb. It, yeah, we will mix all of our beers together. Call it the suicide. There probably is somewhere. Um. And I don't think that I would try it. I've I have heard of some people like mixing beers and and I've had things like shandies and things you know other stuff like that. But uh, you know the the mixing of the beers is not something I've I really gotten into. But yeah, we definitely got to get you know and some of the the bourbon is is nice because you have the you don't really drink the whole bottle, but uh, the beers some of them might be a little bit harder to find. If we, Listen, uh, <clears throat> there's going to be a time when we sit down and not. Not each, but we will share a whole bottle. That's coming. Yeah. That's a promise of this podcast. And we're going to we have drink. a podcast as long as it takes to finish the bottle. And we're just going to sit and talk. Well, you saw how fast we drank the Sycamore. Extended play. It won't take It's going to be the Joe Rogan four hour. It'll be a four hour debate moderated by Joe Rogan. Hey, that might happen. <laughs> I don't think, I don't think, uh, I don't think. Anybody in their right mind in the Biden camp would let that happen, but Trump said he's all for it. Yeah. I mean, also, who wants to see a four-hour debate? Either way. Yeah. I can't. I I don't know. There's nothing really. Maybe a good Star Wars movie, four hours. Yeah. I I mean, I I don't know how people, you know, Joe Rogan's podcasts that are for, you know, his his normal podcasts are four hours. Like, that's that's a commitment. I don't want to get kicked off Spotify, but I will say this. Joe Rogan's new setup and his first few podcasts in, that are on Spotify and in his new setup in Austin are fucking terrible. Mm. Miley Cyrus? Come on now. And it's all red and weird. It's just... It's not the old Joe. He sold out. Abby said I'm resistant to change, but I just it just looks weird to me. Like... I'm fine with change, but it's just it the whole color scheme just messes me up. So I just got some of the cherry in this beer, by the way. Yeah. A little bit just a little tiny bit of that like that like I don't know, not tannic, but like on the back of your tongue, just a little bit of cherry. Interest very interesting. I'm not a big cherry person, but that this is a good beer. I might have to get more of this. Well, now we're going to transition to the toxic masculinity portion of the uh, podcast where the bearded one brings you a special offer from beardoctane.com. That's right. Go to beardoctane.com. Check out all their great product products. They have pumpkin jack beard balm. What? For you. Yeah. Pumpkin jack beard balm. If you had a beard, I feel like you'd buy it. I'm going to buy that either way. I'm going to eat, it, eat that. Is it edible? <laughs> the... I don't think it'll kill you. They have, uh, yeah, they have pumpkin jack beard butter, pumpkin jack beard balm. Uh, right now, good prices on their beard conditioners. They have the downshift beard conditioner, the neutral beard conditioner, uh, and they're running a 
a contest to name uh, a new beard oil. Mm-hmm. So get a better beard, bro. Go to beardoctane.com, enter promo code beers and beards 10, save 10% off. Also, free shipping, David, where? In the U.S., continental. Continental U.S. Not Hawaii or Alaska or Canada. That's that's for over $75. Now, the bourbon selection of the week. Uh, this is a this is a fairly popular bourbon. Uh, you know, you can get it just about anywhere. I picked this up for thirty bucks. Uh, which we need to figure out how to do this on our taxes. I feel like I'm spending way more money than you are on this shit. <laughs> on the bourbon. Hey, that's yeah. why I said, "Hey, you're the uh, bourbon guy. I'm the beer guy." Yeah. Uh, but I just want to read you the, the the cap. I just I just took the plastic off the cap, and uh, this is like a little the. Maybe the best-looking bottle of bourbon you can find on the ship. Yeah. It says, My family has been making bourbon for generations uh, using a Kentucky limestone-filtered water and a blend of... I got to spin it because it's the cap. uh, The finest corn, barley, and rye. My great-great-grandfather knew a good thing when he tasted it, and I expect you and I to do it too. Now, a little history... Uh, in the in the bullet bourbon frontier whiskey, uh, it said that Augustus Bullet um, made his first batch of bourbon like in 1830. Wow! Uh, and it ran for about 30 years and discontinued after his death. No records of Bullet Bourbon existing until 1987, when his great great grandson. Tom Bullet oversaw the distillation in the first batch of the modern day Bullet Bourbon and paid tribute to the original mash bill by keeping the rye content higher than most bourbons in the market. In 97, the Bullet brand name was bought by uh, Seagram and was introduced in the United States in 1999. The brand was required, acquired by uh, Diageo when the company bought Seagram. Although Bullet's label says distilled by the Bullet Distilling Company, the company currently sources its bourbon. Uh, until very recently, Four Roses was a supplier oh. and not officially known who Bullet's current supplier is. Um, if you all, if you listeners will keep this between us, I'm going to the Bullet Distillery. It is uh, the, it's a German name, something Weller Distillery in Louisville, but nice. they make... They do that. This, so even these websites don't know, but oh, dad, for his birthday, going to these secret locations. So, yeah, this is the classic, classic bullet bourbon. And they have, I love this. They have the perfect, they've got a five bourbon lineup. And this is like everything you need for bourbon. Bullet bourbon, bullet rye, which I, I have some bullet rye. I've been basically yep. chugging that in the last couple of weeks. Uh, bullet bourbon, 10-year-old, bullet barrel strength, and bullet blenders select. Every, all of them bourbons yeah. except for the that rye, um, but man, I, I'm a rye rye guy, and their rye is just fantastic. And I have had yeah. the original, and I love that it's rye forward. But the bullet rye, it's the yeah, the, the actual bullet rye is delicious. Green label, you got the the red and the red and the black label. Yeah, I've got the ninety proof. This is the this is the like house bullet bourbon. This is what you get, um, you know, when you go out and 
Buy bullet, drink bullet. Buy bullet. Now, like I said, thirty bucks, one of the best looking bottles of bourbon on the shelf. Legit. It's got it's a very throwback uh you know with the the raised letters um in the glass you know i always um the raised letters always makes me think of like and i actually found a bottle it wasn't bullet but in my attic that was you know super dusty and you like dust off the thing and it's like you know the bullet under like you know that if they have a commercial that should be what their commercial is of like someone dusting you know dusting off the bottle and then taking a swig out of it or something with the you know bottle being half full What's about to happen, David? That's a. <laughs> Ooh, that was a good one. All right, let's uh, let's get us about a finger and a half. This week we've got bullet. It is like I said, ninety proof. Oh wow, the nose. So there's no age label on this. You know, David mentioned the, uh, they have a ten year old. I assume this is four year old. So I get that four year old smell, but it's got a man. This this has a, a awesome nose to it. It's not overpowering with like the um like the oak and or, or the smoky, you know, things like that. This is more soft. I'm not gonna say fruity, but there's definitely like a citrusy smell to it. Do you get a gentle oh. spiciness and sweet oak aromas? I don't know. It's soft. It's soft, but bourbon or uh, bullet is known for being a spicier, you yeah. know, a little bit of a Get that rye, you know, peppery. Yeah, yeah. Uh, which a lot of people, if you if you look at reviews and stuff, they say if you're lo- if you're looking in this price range, if you're in the, I would say this is middle class bourbon. You know, yeah. thirty bucks. You know, you can get one much cheaper, but. Uh, but this is a good mixer. I've never, I don't know that I've ever had bullet mixed with anything. All right, let's, let's check it out. What, uh, I wonder if anybody's listening to our, uh, playlist. We got, I got some, got a good option today on the playlist. Uh, the palette was quick. Oh man, David, you would love, I feel like you sprinkle a little bit of water in this. You're going to get all kinds of flavor. Oh, God. <laughs> uh, yeah, it's a, it's sweet. It's, it's got, it's definitely got a spicy, uh, finish, but it's got this sweet inhale to it. You know what I mean? Like when I'm breathing in, there's definitely like a sweetness to this. Like a maple? No, more like, I don't know. It says maple. I, you get, you get like nutmeg uh, on the, uh, Maybe maybe like a nutmeg, maybe like a nutmeg, soft, like caramel type shit. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know what these flavors are. I'm telling you, it's good. It's not like strong where you're gonna be like, <coughs> like, it, you know, it's it's definitely peppery. Definitely has that little, you know, that little bazinga in it. But it's, uh, I'm gonna have another one here real quick just to <laughs> see if this. I mean, I'm not driving, so. Is there anything better than that first deep breath after you've had a good swig of bourbon? Like of good bourbon. And I would, I would classify this as a good bourbon. This is one that it definitely has like that spicy, like 
I've had a few uh, in our list that you know once once it it's gone off the finish, it's gone. Yeah, this is staying around a little, a little bit. bit. Like this, I, this is you know this is tickling the back of my throat a little bit. And definitely when I get that, you know, I get those post, you know, those post finish notes coming in. I, I now I, I got a little bit of the oak. It is a little smoky, but it is definitely offset by that spicy peppery. I could see where if you're so if you're gonna mix it right, you want to know there's bourbon in there. Like if you if you got if you're doing equal parts bourbon and say Dot Mountain Dew, uh, it, it the taste gets lost. Yeah, but see, but this has that little kick that like you'd be like, oh shit, that like it's there's definitely bourbon in this drink. Yeah, and that's why like my go to mixer is either just plain water to like tap water or. Just yep. a, a nice seltzer, you know, not, not hard seltzer, regular seltzer. I like a lime seltzer. Um, if you want a little bit of, a little bit of fizz going with it. Um, that's what I've been mostly drinking that the bullet rye with. I think it mixes with that perfectly. Yeah. If you, uh, are out and about, you're looking for a good bourbon. I would definitely recommend bullet bourbon. It's the orange label 90 proof. Definitely tell it's it's ninety proof, but that ninety proof is not hard. You know what? What's the lowest one we've done? Like eighty six, uh, maybe. Or, yeah, I think the Basil Hayden was like eighty six, yeah. and Old Forester like and even eighty six. Yeah. So yeah, yeah. So. I think tonight ended, and this was not planned, but I think it ended up being the Rye Night. Rye uh-huh. Night, and you know what? The oh, I've got a trifecta for Rye, so. <laughs> so uh this i think it's just came out um in uh cincinnati uh fretboard brewing which we had one of the beers earlier uh-huh. i think it was episode like four or five we had their uh wave maker bourbon mash lager which was fantastic but uh they one of the owners of fretboard is somehow relation to the Klosterman's, which is a local bakery here and they're known for their rye bread so every uh-huh. year while well, they've done it at least one year and they're doing it again this year they have a Klosterman rye bread inspired beer rye beer and it's like i'm sure it probably doesn't sell that well but uh it was a a really good beer and uh i need to need to grab some of that maybe uh maybe if i need a beer in the next few weeks to have on the show i'm i'm a rye guy I I'm, I have no shame in saying that it's getting harder and harder to find rye beers again, just because it's just rye, rye for some reason doesn't fly. sell. <laughs> but uh, yeah. Oh, I just spilled my drink on me. Yeah. So um, please, please, please. If you've not, if you, I know people are listening. Maybe it's just my mom. My mom says she's learning a lot about us by listening to our podcast. About me. About me, oh. and I don't. I, and she didn't say what she learned, which troubles me because I don't really want to go sit through nineteen hours of podcast to see what I may have let slip. <laughs> uh, yeah. but I'm almost forty, David. So, so mom, I love you, but I'm no angel. So, speaking of no angel, <laughs> we talked, <laughs> and I had to. T- <laughs> I had to tell you this story uh, because we talked just briefly. Um, because he came up a couple weeks ago on uh, uh, Adam Carolla, who is uh, you know one of our another one of our fellow podcasters, and uh, 
how he was like making fun of people for wearing masks and things like that. And we, we made fun of his, uh, Mangria, you know, line of, of manly sangrias and his old, you know, former, uh, cohort. And he's still friends with like, I feel like Adam Carolla is the weird friend of Jimmy Kimmel. Who's like, you know, he comes or Adam Carolla comes around and he's like, Oh, that's just my embarrassing friend who I used to do. You know, this, man show you know women you know women jumping on trampolines and juggies and and you know Mm -hmm. funny stuff like that and uh uh jimmy kimmel was on the howard stern show and howard brought up like hey your old buddy adam carolla like he's crazy and (laughs) jimmy's like yeah you have to know a little bit about adam carolla's background and he told a couple of stories about adam carolla and he said adam doesn't you know he there it's not a surprise that he's skeptical about covid just because he doesn't use shampoo or or uh soap he doesn't believe (laughs) and he made this big fuss about you know i'm not using shampoo or soap anymore and then he was doing that for like 30 days straight and got a horrible case of pink eye and (laughs) i guess one day adam carolla showed up or he was at a party or something at jimmy kimmel's house and he goes and sees Adam Carolla, not drunk, mind you. I, I, well, I don't know. He could have been drunk, but Adam Carolla standing in the backyard, peeing in his kid's sandbox. <laughs> <laughs> and that's where the idea of Mangria came that nobody that I know of has ever bought. But Carolla has one, you know, was one of the pioneers of the podcasting world. Yeah, so. he's, you know, him and, uh, I don't know if he still does. Does he do, uh, what is it, Love Line with Dr. Drew? No. Uh, they got back together for a while, but, uh, I mean, Dr. Drew has his own podcast. They got, I don't know. I used to watch Love Line on MTV at like 11 o'clock on Saturday night. When your parents went to That's bed. where I learned everything about sex. Uh, yeah. I learned everything about sex that I know from Howard Stern. So. Yeah. The watch listening or watching the old E rebroadcast. Both of those, you know, and it's interesting seeing like where Howard Stern, you know, was, you know, and and you know when he was on terrestrial radio, and he always, you know, wanted to go and you know, hey, hey, I want to do these crazy shows, and then he goes to Sirius, and he can you know talk about whatever he wants to, and his shows are tamer now than they ever have before. I think he just kind of was like, hey, I'm you know. I, you know, pioneered that whole, um, that whole genre. Basically everyone's copying off of me. Everyone's doing the shock jock thing. And, uh, I'm going to, I'm going to go do something different now. And now he is the world's best interviewer. Yeah. And, you know, another transition that brings me to, and so this week on the, the, the playlist, we got to talk about the playlist. So I had an idea and actually got both of these from Howard Stern and not that I'm a, like, I'm not a Stern bro. Like, you know, like you get Joe bros, like Joe Rogan fans, but I just always have a lot. I'd listened to him since I was in middle school. And, um, the first one, and this is what I thought was going to be one, but I'm going to do two since a couple weeks ago, we forgot. Um, the first one is not someone that I thought I would like. And Howard Stern started playing him because I guess he, uh, played at the MTV, uh, the VMAs, uh, mm-hmm. Machine Gun Kelly. You, you listen to there a lot of Machine Gun Kelly? Never. Right. I don't know one okay. song. 
I just know Eminem doesn't like him. All right. So Machine Gun Kelly um, is, again, not someone that I normally would listen to, but, you know, in the right mind, you know, right mindset, it's like he also completely plays a different style than what I thought he did. Um, He's very much that like, um, like he is a post post punk like he's like what green day and um blink 182 would would be doing and, and kind of still are doing like you know in modern days and um the song that um i'm gonna put on our playlist this week i believe travis barker from blink 182 is actually on the drums so the song this week is called bloody valentine by machine gun kelly and I'm going to add that to the playlist. Yeah, Machine Gun Kelly plays an amazing Tommy Lee in the uh, Netflix Motley Crue movie. Which I have never seen. Called. Maybe I need to watch that. And so then the other one, as we were setting up for the podcast, someone that is kind of one of my um, guilty pleasures, I would say. And that is one, oh, Adam Levine. I mean, but I'm in, like I'm on like a tattooed guy phase. One Adam, I'm tattooed. Adam Levine uh, is a hell of a guitarist, super underrated when it comes to playing guitar. And he was on Howard Stern again this week and did a amazing rendition of the Bill Withers song, Ain't No Sunshine. So if you have any social media, go look. Anderson come out? Yeah, <laughs> go look that up. Uh, the original he did a cover version of it. The original is the one that I'm going to put on the playlist. So the two songs I'm putting on this week are machine gun Kelly and bill withers. So, no, Adam. Levin. No, not, are you putting bill? Putting bill, Adam putting bill withers ain't no sunshine okay. on the playlist this week. So very, very opposing. I think I, I'm going to go with two then. Um, but I like that. I like uh, I like the Bill Withers song. I'm not a huge Machine Gun Kelly fan. I, I feel like I'm Team Eminem on this, but <laughs> I'm a huge Eminem guy too. But you know this, the, like I said, the thing I want this this playlist to be is like the songs this week that moved me. Or I was thinking about this song this week, and you know it, it, it was awesome. Or you know just whatever. Um, but yeah, let's. Uh, you you are you going to go with Eminem then? I'm not. I've got two very con- contrasting songs. Um, for my first song, I'm going to go with. Let me click out of here so I can give you the right right name. Uh, I'll just give you the first. Since since this has been the theme all week, my wife, one of her favorite bands of all time. I don't know if her favorite bands of all time, but she really liked the Punch Brothers. Um, they're also members of that. Were members of the band Nickel Creek. They're like a Americana folksy type shit. Yeah. Uh, they have a song called Rye Whiskey. And I, how, how, <laughs> what better fitting than the Punch Brothers Rye Whiskey for this week? All right. Right. Um, so blast that all that you want. And then when you really want to turn it up and get into some like electric, uh, it's not EDM, but it's more like synthesized heavy metal, I want you to listen to Square Hammer by Ghost which I think are Norwegian. Um, and they're of that shock and awe, uh, 
type deal, like the way they look, but their music's really good. Like, I don't know. There's some, I don't know. I don't know the whole background about the band. I just know that I heard, uh, scrolling through Facebook, you know, you get those random, like, 10 facts about so-and-so you didn't know. Well, I'd heard of Ghost, and I'd heard this Square Hammer song, but I listened to it again. I was like, oh, shit, I really like that. Uh, they've they've won a Grammy. Um, wow. And they're all weird. I've never heard of them. So, Are they kind of like yeah. war? No, 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 no. They're like, their, mu- their music sounds like if you didn't see them and heard their music, you wouldn't think anything of it. Um, you know, but uh, like here, just listen. You know, just little, I don't know. Like the vocals are good. It's a good song. Maybe be our outro yeah. this week. Heavy metal, doom metal. Yeah. All right. I got to listen to that, uh, that whole thing. Yeah. And then the Punch Brothers, Rye Whiskey, just because that's what we're messing with this week. All right. I don't know if we can get four more eclectic songs or styles. Yeah, we're going, we're going deep into our psyche of what... Like this is really telling. Uh, one thing that uh, I would encourage is like once you start building this playlist, I think David mentioned it last week. It's going to start suggesting songs to you, and some of these are crazy. Yeah. Like, <laughs> um, see. just on our, and I don't know if you and I will have the same ones, but uh, oh, it's not suggesting anything for me right now. So now it's uh, Corey Taylor, uh, Black Eyes Blue. That's um, off his new album. Marilyn Manson. Oh. We Are Chaos. Yeah. Uh, Tyler Childers. Uh, Feathered Indians, which that's a great song. Um, that's a great song. Uh, Dolls. Who Do You Think You're Talking To? Another great song. And The Killers. My Own Souls Morning, <laughs> which is the, the one of their newer songs. So we probably eventually will have some killers on there. We'll have some, you know. What you know, we this is my goal with this is to just show and if for me to see how eclectic our tastes are and like where we go with this and what you know what we you know what we like to listen to, or like I said, this week, oh, two songs that I'd not like, I didn't have either one of those in mind a couple of days ago, and I just mental note that's what I that's what I'm listening to that like moved me this week. And uh, might be something different next week. I got a couple weddings coming up, yeah. so there might be some love songs coming. Maybe some power ballads. Yeah, our goal is to just break the Spotify algorithm. It, it has no idea what to suggest us. Funny, funny anecdote. Uh, you mentioned Dawes. Saw them in concert. You said that last time I mentioned Dawes. I don't remember that I told you that. Because I thought about I with? how. Uh, I don't remember who you saw him with, but are, you told me because I said like my go-to style is like folk Americana, so definitely yeah. you know Punch Brothers is right up my alley, and um, yeah, yeah, I you know I mentioned like Dawes and and you know Wood Brothers, Avett Brothers, um, that's like what yeah. I mostly yeah. listen to. So I don't know who you saw. Though. Yeah, Mumford and Sons. Okay. That makes sense. Yeah, they would definitely yeah. open for Mumford and Sons. Thank you to everyone. We're over 500 followers on Instagram. Um, it's kind of weird. It's kind of weird, like seeing the trickle over to my personal. Do you do you find that yeah. too? Like a trickle over to your personal account, which is cool. Mine's on private, so I have to accept you don't. It's not. It's just that's how I am. Uh, 
Um, you don't want the government to know what you're doing. Yeah, I just, I'm trying to keep his, you know, when we get super famous off this podcast, I don't, you know, hey, you just can't let anybody in there. Yeah. Um, and then somebody told me once that if it's, my nephew told me this, that if it's private, more people will want, want to follow you just so they can see what's behind that closed door, which makes sense, yeah. I guess. Your nephew's a like a sage. Sage, 20-year-old now. Um, but don't forget, like, comment, subscribe, wherever you see this podcast out there. Give it a share. Uh, we would appreciate that. We appreciate everybody that's listening. Enjoy your football this weekend. Um, don't make chili because it's going to be hot. It's not fall. Do not listen to what my wife or David or any of these people that are trying to push this agenda on you. It's it's not that serious. It's not fall. You're still going to break a sweat if you go out and exercise. It's hot. No, I did that. I was cleaning cleaning the cars. I definitely broke a sweat. So, yeah, until next week, this is the Beers and Beers podcast, episode number 20. Watch for us when we post information about our next podcast. It will be live and direct coming to you. You can see our pretty faces. You can see the expression on on David's uh, mug when he downs whatever bourbon it is that we're going to try. Matt better have us some bourbon. Yeah, I'll, I'll get Matt up with Matt. Bourbon, and he needs a song to add to the playlist. Yeah, there you go. So until beer. next week, I bid you adieu. David, enjoy your football. And Ready we're out. Monday night.